0: You're listening to Death of the Reader. Flex and Herds here for your murder mystery world tour. And we are here with our second week covering our last novel of the year, Nev Marsh's Murder in Old Bombay, chapters 25 to 42. An explosive finale, you might say. Uh, Finale? Well, you know, I mean, we're in the second (laughs) part. Of, of this book. Explosive, but like, this almost book, penultimate this finale of finale. You know, we, look, a lot of a crazy
1: mess. stuff happens in this series of chapters.
0: We've to made say. a linguistic
1: mess for ourselves. It does, what it's, I, it's fine. We don't care about English. We care about the English in the story, but not, but only in the peripheral sense. It's fine. It's well, true. We don't need to worry about our English. That's not
0: important. You might remember last week on the show, I was talking a little bit about how I was excited to get more into the crime. Yeah. Maybe explore the Washer <laughs> Boys history. Yeah. See, um, I just want to begin <laughs> by saying I have never felt so upended yeah. by a murder mystery in regards to my predictions. I, <laughs> there I, is yeah, you nothing go. in this stretch of chapters that has anything I mean, to do directly with the crime. I
1: wouldn't say nothing. We we do try and investigate. Emphasis the death on the of, word directly. Hold on. In there. We we try to investigate like the death of of Kasim, who is this like servant boy. From mm-hmm. Years back, who died on a on a train track? That's a different or case, though.
0: That's a different case. Yeah, but like,
1: still, we go to find a doctor who, as we all know, is the most important character in any murder mystery. Poor
0: James. So He's several been doctors.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, we do. There's there's like a bunch of doctors in the story. There were five doctors, I believe, who mm-hmm. who worked on the uh the original Framji case, and there's this Aziz guy. There's too many, there's too many doctors really is what I'm trying to say, but, but you're right. Like when I first read this stretch of chapters, I found myself wondering, can I even put this on the show? Because the whole second section is traveling around, avoiding getting shot, having post-traumatic like nightmares uh, and, and maybe giving yourself away because our man Jim uh, our, our main character goes deep undercover. He goes yep. full Sherlock Holmes. He goes full native and he suffers for it. And it's beautiful. Anyway, yeah.
0: <laughs> we, we leave Bombay. We go out to Lahore where the Afghan and is it, is it Sepoy? Sepoy, yeah. Yeah, uh, are about to come to blows. The, the city gets set on fire yeah. and we trudge into the mountains for several weeks. It's so Come awful. across a bunch of orphans. That we then go on a yep. suicide mission to rescue some military men trapped in a town that's been cut off from supply lines. It's, it's crazy. It's a regular historical war novel it's It's
1: insane, this novel is, as I mentioned, it is one third murder mystery, and we've already had that. It's one third war story, and that's this part, and then the rest of it is all romance. I'm so ready uh, <laughs> which I don't know what you want to say about Diana, um
0: but she is she has my heart it is incredible to me how absolutely whipped Jim is it's great through this story. It's so good. I don't know how else to put it. There's like a moment where he's like he's a mess, fighting for his life by the side of the road and comes across this guy selling a young girl and decides to buy her and oh. makes some comment in there to the effect of Diana wouldn't approve of this and it's like dude you were considering how stabbed you were gonna get for trying to rescue this young girl. I mean... <laughs> like- why, why does Diana matter
1: Look, right now? He loves her. It's the problem. He loves her and he can't have her. It's the age old Ugh. romantic problem. And she betrays his trust in the final chapter that we cover today. She thinks that he may have done things with the with the little girl, which is awful, because that's the world that we live in, apparently. But, like, she shatters his trust. It's terrifying that she would even consider such yeah. a thing.
0: I mean, there's a, there's a really good transition there as well, because we go from- the very British wealthy opening portion that we covered last week. And then there's this transitional sequence where Diana starts to get really worried about Jim dying (sighs) before we jump into him actually going undercover and putting himself in harm's way and exploring more of the Indian side of the story. (sighs) and That bridge is really smooth and done in a way that feels so direct to those characters. Whereas to us, to the audience, Mm. it is clearly about setting us up for the transition from smooth detective narrative into war story, basically.
1: I mean, it's so good that you bring up Diana's reaction as well, because when he's going to leave, if I recall correctly, he ends up just vanishing. He says, I don't think I should say goodbye to her. That would be better for her, which is false. He's an idiot. But she's, she's worried about him physically dying when he goes off and as he's getting involved in the murder mystery. But when he comes back, she says- have you become that soldier that you pretended to be for all that time? Have I lost the Jim that I knew? Yeah. And there's, again, that thematic of, like, Jim is both sides of the coin, and if he tries to adopt one of those sides more strongly, will he will he lose what makes him truly unique? But, yeah, like, he he switches from, you know, worrying about death in the physical sense – to worrying about the orphans, to worrying about Diana. Like these are both, these are two sides of his life that are that are equally important. Losing himself and losing what makes him, that that sincerity you've been talking about a lot is something that Diana is worried that he'll lose and something that he tries so desperately to hold on to well, throughout these this set of chapters.
0: The other thing that I thought was really nice about that across- every aspect of this stretch of chapters was how well handled serious issues are oh my like goodness we go speak to the native people of india in lahore and are put in the middle of their struggle mm-hmm. right we're still seeing it from jim's perspective but he is put into the firing line that the people living there anyway would be so we get to experience without this like weird filter of separation that we would get if we were still with the Framjis when we go and deal with the orphans, they show up and accost Jim. It's not him coming in as this like heroic savior. Like he's on the back foot when yeah. uh, Razak comes and takes his, his gun. gun. It's so and good.
1: Because <laughs> he's an idiot. And it is only his sincerity and his kindness that gets them to back down and hang out with him and call him Baudi, which is father. And I love that. And furthermore, I absolutely love that we don't actually get a proper sit down with with Razak until much later on when he takes Razak as a scout to go and find Dr. Aziz and the yeah. the rifleman that have been trapped. And he basically, he straight up asked uh, Razak, like, so, so why did you accost us that day? Like what made you out of all the people you decided like, why'd you beat me? And they said, well, because you had a woman like m- making food, you had someone who was making a uh, Yeah, And so even though the orphans are like dirty and possibly murderous, they, they just keep the orphans very simple in terms of
0: their device and their motivations, right? I was so surprised when Razak actually was just able to reunite with his family. It's great. I thought we were going, going to go just straight into the tragedy there, but no, they just show up and end up saving Jim on the way back out from rescuing so these good. soldiers. I love,
1: I love that this story can have these wholesome moments. It's so nice to read a story where it's not just. I mean, we we do see him get put through his paces. We do see Jim get kind of mentally and emotionally destroyed. But, like, there's lots of hope and lots of just wholesome... Uh, working togetherness in this story, which I always really appreciate when it's earned properly. And I think this story just does a great job of that.
0: There's also a very strong theme of both rising above your station and the consequences thereof. Mm -hmm. Dr. Aziz, who you mentioned there, the reason he's going after him is because he's looking for the one on record witness of another murder (laughs) if a few years in, or another death, rather, a few years ago in the Framji's history. The way that it is framed is that Kasim, this- young boy who was run over by a train Mm. died because he tried to rise up above his station in a way that put him in danger. But we see examples like that through lots of the characters through this story. You know, Razak rising up to lead these orphans, Jim rising up against this human trafficker who he thinks is going to come after him with weapons it just goes on and on through the story and it's a really strong undertone through this section
1: like it's about risk and and reward in a sense right like yeah yeah. you rise up sometimes you get beaten down but sometimes you point a gun at a man who's secretly a detective and he saves your life (laughs) sometimes that just happens you know yeah and
0: then you get to go to the wealthy family's house and look at their horses have a bath and and yeah, that'd be great. Herds, I have a big revelation to <laughs> unveil. I'm ready. Uh, in the following part of the discussion. So stick around for that. But We're going to take a short break here. You're listening to Death of the Reader. We're discussing Nev Marsh's murder in Old Bombay, chapters 25 to 42. This is your murder mystery world tour here on 2SER 107.3. Stick around. You're listening to Death of the Reader. Flex and Herds here with you today. We're in week two of a deep dive into Nevmarsh's Indian Historical Crime Symphony, Murder in Old Bombay. We're thrilled tonight to be joined by another brilliant writer in the field, Vasim Khan, author of the Baby Ganesh Detective Agency series, the Malabar House series, for which he's recently won the Sapir uh, Books Historical Dagger Award from the Crime Writers Association. And uh, to help us pick our first novel for 2022, Vasim welcome to the show. It's so good to have you.
2: Well, thank you so much for for having me on uh, on chats. As I was saying to you before uh, before the show, I feel like I'm I'm sort of part Aussie because for the last ten <laughs> years, my boss in London has has been a man from uh, Brisbane, Richard Wortley. Uh, I don't know if he listens to the show, but he's moved back to to Oz as of last year because of the pandemic. Uh, so, uh, Richard, if you're if you're tuning in, aloha.
1: Hey, Richard. I hope he tunes in. Tell I him to tune so. in. Yeah. So, Vasim, before we get into you know serious topics, i I need to let you know. I like to take a poke you know, around the internet to make sure that our guests aren't hiding any skeletons in their closet, possibly from previous murder victims. And I discovered to my absolute delight that you have written a detective series involving an adorable elephant in the role of the sidekick. Now, we often say on the show that the sidekick needs to have an intelligence that is slightly lower than the average reader. So Vasim, my question for you is, do you think that a baby elephant could solve your average murder mystery.
2: Well, I'm going to pick you up at a point there because oh. you say that uh, the sidekick should have the, having the intelligence, which is slightly lower than the reader, but most have an intelligence that is slightly lower than the elephant. Oh so. no. <laughs> oh oh, oh, oh is no. Is it hot in
0: here? Goodness me. <laughs> it's no wonder they call it the red hot chili Riders podcast. Oh no.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Of course. Uh, yes, you're right. My first series started with, uh, with a bang. Um, not by any um, any plan on my part. I spent 20 odd years trying to get published, writing all sorts of weird and wonderful novels. I didn't think this book was going to get published. You know, by this stage, I'd given up on the idea that I was ever, ever going to get published. And so I thought, you know what? What the hell? Let's just throw an elephant at it. It's a symbol. It's a metaphor for for India. And it allows me to add just a strain of humour throughout the books, because Chopra himself is a very serious man and he's investigating serious crime. You know, I I saw things in India which made me very, very uncomfortable. So for example, if you're wealthy, if you're connected, you can get away with anything up to and including murder. And there are famous cases of film stars mowing down people and managing to get away with, you know, slap on the wrist. Uh, So Chopra is basically my alter ego who tries to right some of these wrongs, who tries to, to make sure that justice is served. You know, it's, it's a lens. It's a lens onto society. Oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, I guess the next thing I wanted to talk about, is, as I kind of hinted towards earlier, is the uh, Red Hot Chili Riders. I think, you know, your brilliant sense of camaraderie with uh, yourself, Abiyah Mukherjee. I guess, as you put it, your uh, words, wit, and wisdom with your audience and some, like, incredible personalities you've had on from the writing world and beyond – for those unfamiliar, how did Abby's mom become the real star of the show? <laughs> well,
2: wow. you guys, are, you know, you, you guys are, are behind the mic, so you, you you know how these things develop, and sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's a natural chemistry. So Abir and I have been writing, uh, and we, our debuts came out very close to each other. We were both writing about India. Uh, we became friends, uh, and to be honest, the first time. We met each other. He ignored me. This is hitting too
1: <laughs> close to home. Can I tell you the first time we met, we thought each other were complete idiots. Mm-hmm. like we we have a stable relationship now. But when we first met, Flex and I, we were we were like let's wow, be clear. What we both
0: thought I was
2: the idiot. Well that's true, but I didn't <laughs> want to say that.
1: I didn't want to admit to that. Yeah.
2: Well, what, same, same here. Me and Abir both think he's the idiot. But... <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's wonderful. Uh, and as for his mum, you asked about his mother. So what happened was that we didn't have a venue and we ended up at his mum's house, who who lives separate, you know, not too far from either of us. But the clincher was that she offered to cook. For us. So we went around there. She cooked for us. And then she was watching us do it. And being being an Indian mum, she basically came in and said, You don't know what you're doing, do you? Let me say something. That's pretty good.
0: <laughs> the true hero. Yeah. <laughs> Does she think you know what you're doing yet? No, of
2: course not. No, she has no confidence in us whatsoever.
0: Um, You know, you mentioned that you were writing for like 20 years before you first got published. When did you first start telling cabbies that you were a writer when they asked you what you did and what was like the tipping point for you?
2: Well, to be completely honest with you, I spent those 20 odd years utterly alone. I didn't have that confidence just to, to share that stuff with other people. It's changed now, obviously, over the last seven odd years you make friends within the industry like Abir, etc., et cetera, and we'll exchange notes and ideas about books that we're writing. I think with all of these things, you gain self-confidence the more that you do it. Uh, I think it was Dean Kuntz who was on our show a while ago, and he said, writing is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the better you get at it. Uh, mm. And that gives you confidence. So I think that's that's the main underlying factor. If you, if you do enough of it over enough uh, years, you will develop a level of self-confidence. And then after that, this is something nobody tells you. You need some luck. You need some good fortune. Your 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 manuscript to hit the right agent at the right time, uh, and then just a bit of luck after that to get a to get you on your way.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems
1: like you've you've hit that, which is. Pretty impressive. One thing Flex didn't mention at the start is that uh, you actually work in the Department of Security and Crime Science at the University College London. Uh, How many other crime writers do you find calling you up looking for advice on your latest wacky idea for a corpse?
2: Yeah, you know what? I. I kept that fairly hidden for a long time because mm. you do end up getting asked a lot. I mean, I just did a, a seminar for writers on, on cybercrime, for instance, which is one of the things we're looking at right now. Uh, my work is quite flexible now because of the, the writing's gone really well. So I, you know, obviously I, I try and balance the two. I don't want to leave it because as you've just hinted, it's it's wonderful as a crime writer to be <laughs> amongst these really brilliant, brilliant people. And as I, as I was saying to you earlier, my, my boss for ten years at that department was an Aussie. Do you know the first thing he did? And this is not even a joke. I know this Dummy. is going to sound very difficult. He came into the office. The very first thing that he did was he bought a bar- barbecue and put it in the back garden of our of our office. Oh my That's goodness! It's a, a good choice. It's a good choice. It's a good gift. He refused yeah. to allow anyone else to operate the barbecue because <laughs> apparently we Brits do not know how to barbecue. <laughs> oh.
0: I listen, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stake a claim on that opinion, but I have heard it before. So maybe there's truth. to it. Maybe there's truth. I have faith that you could learn that. I mean, with
1: enough practice (laughs) and a little bit of luck, anything's possible, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I guess uh, to end us off today, we wanted to launch 2022 with one of your own award-winning novels in the Malabar house series, but we're at a bit of a stalemate at the moment because the gimmick on the show here, if you're unfamiliar, Vasim, is that we read these novels almost competitively to see who can get ahead of the text and who can solve it. So one of us reads the entire novel ahead and one of us uh, stays behind to kind of read along with the audience. But we're at this stalemate because we don't actually know which of us will be the one solving it at the start of next year. So we wanted to ask you which one you think would provide the more challenging start to our 2022 Murder Mystery World Tour. Uh,
2: So the two novels in the Malabar House series is Midnight Midnight at Malabar House, which launched the series, and just to put it in context for your listeners, uh, these books are set in 1950s Bombay, just a couple of years after India became independent from the, the Raj ended, and a million people died during that partition uh, era because uh, Hindus, Muslims, and Sikhs were pitted against each other during these, this, this, uh, this horrible event. Mm. And into this mix, uh, I introduced India's first female police inspector, Persis Badia, in my personal opinion, I think you'd have more fun with uh, *The Dying Day*. Uh, *Midnight at Malabar House* okay. won the Crime Writers' Association Historical Dagger. But if you're looking for something that's a puzzle to do alongside your readers, *The Dying Day* has been has been called the *Da Vinci Code* meets post independence India. I think I've oh seen goodness. that quote. Yeah. <laughs> and the, well, the reason for that is that when Persis begins to investigate the theft of this this incredibly priceless manuscript, she discovers a series of coded riddles
1: written
2: in verse. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh uh, Flex would love that. So you have to work out what these what these riddles written in verse and they were they were a real git to write, I have to be honest, because I had to not only <laughs> try and connect them to Bombay and to the clues, but I also had to make the damn things right. So yeah, it should be a bit of fun.
0: Herds, it sounds like you're going to be the one solving this one. I have a question. I have, I'm happy to, I'm happy to. This sounds like
1: fun. Flex would eat this for breakfast, let's be honest. I, as, as complicated as it is, Flex has a mind beyond his ears. see, I have a question. What, what do I, what are you putting on the table? What do I get if I solve this Da Vinci masterpiece? What, what is, what is on the table? Is it your love and respect? Is it a baby elephant? What do I get?
2: Well, I'll be happy to send you. A baby. <laughs>
1: Tell us right now. Sorry. Well, I could give
2: you my best, my best, uh, my best Aussie joke. Oh, we'll have to earn that though. He has to earn. We'll definitely
1: that. have to hold <laughs> on to that joke now.
0: No, we'll we are we're going to read through both of these books. I'm going to get herds to solve the dying day. It should be good. Uh, and we'll we'll hopefully have you back on for that best Aussie joke uh, at the start of 2022.
2: I'll give you a teaser. What's a <gasps> kangaroo's favorite music genre? Is it hip hop? Is it hip hop? Hip hop, yes. Sorry, I stole that
1: one from you. Just like I'm going to steal the solution to Dying Day. There we go. Got him. Got him. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Vasim, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. We will have links up on the podcast to his work, uh, both series we mentioned and the upcoming collection, The Perfect Crime, uh, which we didn't mention today, but we definitely will next year. It has been so good speaking with you and we cannot wait to uh, hear more about Malabar House when we kick off with it next year in 2022.
2: Thank you, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And thank you so much to your to your listeners for tuning in.
0: You're listening to Death of the Reader, your murder mystery world tour here on 2SER 107.3. More historical Indian crime fiction coming up as we continue. Stick around. You're listening to Death of the Reader. Flex and Herds here for your murder mystery world tour. We're discussing March's murder in Old Bombay. Chapters 25 to 42 today. And, uh, Hertz. Mm, flex. I'm in an interesting position here. As we established at the start of today's show, I have never been so upended by my predictions of what would happen next in a text. Finally, I've caught you with one. You will never solve this mystery. I, I may yet... Walk away very scathed from this we'll particular see. incident.
1: Look, on, honestly, the, as I've said, like there are not that many clues in this part of the story. Let's see how well you can solve
0: things and figure out what's going on here, because you may walk away with points. I think, regardless, we'll see. Comfortably, I have at least understood the story. Sure. It is very sketchy as to whether I have solved the crime. I think I think I can get there, and I wanted to start with what I described to you before we recorded today, Herds, as a grand revelation. I'm ready. I haven't heard this at all. I don't even know. I don't even have a clue where you're about to go with this, so I'm yeah, excited. Herds told me not to tell you. I him. got my popcorn. Now, while I was reading through this, and it sounds like you as well, Herds, the first time, just had no idea what related to the sure. core of the story we were even yeah. doing. Mm. going through this weird war story side adventure, it felt like. Mm. Okay. But I was sitting down while I was preparing to cook dinner today, Herds, and it suddenly clicked with me. Yeah. The whole reason we go off on this journey is because of the parallels in the story. Ooh, interesting. This entire adventure starts because Jim reads a letter from Adi in the Chronicle. He's inspired, right? And he sees in that his own past of being the one left behind Mm. by the people he's lost. But I realized, Herds, Mm. that there is another character in the story who goes on a journey somewhere else to try and understand things, to try and learn things away from their home place And it's Diana. Ooh! She goes
1: to Britain to study. Are you telling me that Diana is the greatest character in the novel? Is that where we're going with this?
0: Clearly, with this parallel, Nev Marsh has completely under the radar the first time through for me, sculpted this story where we are indirectly living kind of what happened to Diana. Cool. Which- either means that we're just talking about how they're compatible as characters and oh yay the romance will come together and they'll sail off into the sunset at the end i'm sure so screw you dad and they'll (laughs) run away together it'll be great now listen it's a it's a family story they're going to get approval by the end mark my words we'll have to see we'll have to see but i think what that means in a mystery sense is that the same thing has happened here. We go on this story of Jim going out, finding out about another culture and then rescuing a bunch of people. And it's about how he comes back changed at the end. Sure. And I'm wondering here, and my theory is that Diana has gone off to Britain, made a whole bunch of relationships with, you know, characters off the page over there, but has come back with a burden in the same way. Mm. And I think Akbar might be the burden. We've had this character, Akbar, who I thought in no way. Could be the culprit because they were essentially a throwaway suspect mentioned in our original lineup at the start. Sure. They don't even appear on screen until like a party midway through the last bit in Bombay. Yeah, it's
1: it's suspected that, uh, is it Soleiman, the prince guy, might be Akbar? That's like the suspicion right now that Jim has. You subscribe to that theory then?
0: I think the setup here is essentially that Akbar is, as you alluded to, probably a member of this wealthy family. If he is part of that family, then he has ties to the burglar or could even be the burglar that broke in uh, to the Framji estate. Uh, well, that's towards- what I'm saying.
1: In in the book, Jim, like he seems to think that, that the prince, uh, Suleiman, is the burglar. And like is Akbar, that's something he like considers.
0: That is, that is pretty much what I'm leaning on. Like, okay, um, I'm thinking probably that in some way Akbar uh, or Nur Suleiman is blackmailing the Framjis, likely directly Diana mm-hmm. over uh, their past relationship, you know, maybe trying to take her hand in marriage and her pushing back against that is the like crux of what uh, got the other two ladies killed at the start of the story. Sure, sure. I don't know. Do you have,
1: do you have any specifics on that blackmail might be? Is that just, like, blackmail's been mentioned in the story? That's probably what's going on. Because uh, I'm not sure how that leads to these ladies being killed. Yeah, Especially yeah. since, like, Diana lived with these ladies, and if they were killed by by, by Akbar, like, what's going on there, you know? That's, that seems a bit messy to me,
0: <laughs> you know? Like, it is, as we mentioned last week, exceedingly obvious that that dark secret that uh, Addy and Berger were discussing is what is in the blackmail. I just don't know what that is is
1: Look, I can see you using thematic content of the story to justify your theory, which I approve of personally. Yes, I am a yes. big fan of what's going on here. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely glad that I uh decided to lead on this story because watching you try and solve a crime that has less physical clues, I think is a little bit more challenging than cuz look, we we've seen in the past you look at one physical clue, one technical clue and you you leap at the answer. Yeah. Immediately, that just happens. I know it's what I'm good at. So I am excited to watch you try and grab it, thematic straws, trying to put something together. Because I I do think there's enough clues so far in the story no, I, I, to to figure out most of what's going on. And I think you've you've touched upon some things that are very very close. But I would love to see you nail the hammer in.
0: Yeah, I think to to try and. Fill a moment while I, while I while I think here on my feet. <laughs> look, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I think sure. that in general, it's really interesting here because so often on this show, what ends up happening is we pick novels that are hard to ourselves, present them to each other, and they're incredibly easy. Whereas I think what you've done here is picked a book that was probably easy for you, thrown it to me. And I'm like, oh, no.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, I, I would have saved it for you to pitch to me, but I enjoyed reading it too much. So I finished it. And here we are.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm 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 hopeful at least that you'll be generous enough to give me a point for this week. But I I, don't I mean you you know you you put forward two
1: theories right? Oh yeah, so, so you know, one, one point, point. one you point might for get to, last week effectively. So you, look, I don't want to spoil it. I won't spoil my deliberations. But I'm gonna have to read through these chapters oh, uh, again God. to the end to tell you whether you're getting the full three points or just two points. I am points.
0: frantically racking my brain trying <laughs> to figure out what, what this is, last what is piece the black is. Mail? I was, I was I
1: thought I thought you might have cracked it when you said you had a revelation. I thought, oh, has he done it? Well, the
0: thing is, is I feel like I've hit on the right device, and that was what I was hoping I could bring today to the show: is bring the right device to find the answer to uh, to crack, to, the, to crack code, the nut, the nut,
1: <laughs> the Indian nut. That's all right. I think um, unless you have a sudden flash of inspiration, I think that might be it for this. Uh,
0: yeah, well, let this me one. just uh, mm. let me just say the final Drop. theory out loud so I can try and the get craziest. it all straight. Here,
1: here we go. Here comes the crazy theory.
0: <laughs> so yeah, um, Akbar is Suleiman and killed the two girls over this blackmail that had something to do with the Framji's grim secret. Cassim is probably like at the crux of it in some way. You know, maybe he leaked the information or because we know that the the body on the train tracks wasn't his, but it's still heavily implied that he died, as far as I can tell. The the link there is something to do with Cassim's relationship to the family. You know, he was uh Well he specifically was following, I believe, Pelou around, wasn't yes, he? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think that Diana's history in Britain has something Uh, important to do with that particular connection there but i cannot figure out the piece of blackmail right at the center of it yeah that's okay that's okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna fold i'm gonna fold for perhaps the first time ever on death of the reader yes
1: i win well we'll we'll see how i how i think you did next week but uh you know it's been it's been fun it's been interesting watching you struggle with a novel for once
0: in the three years we've been doing this i well (sighs) I think you, we have we finally were brave enough to give each other stories that we were good at ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's okay.
1: Maybe that could be our theme for, for next year.
0: Oh, I have a different theme for next year, but we oh, can talk no. about that over review season.
1: Anyway, I, I guess that'll do us for this week. This has been uh, Death of the Reader discussing Murder in Old Bombay by Nev March.
0: Hell yeah. Next week, uh, chapters 43 to the end, and that'll be, uh, my goodness, our last episode for the year. I'm terrified, herds. Thank you so much for joining us here on your Murder Mystery World Tour. We will see you next week with more of Murder in Old Bombay. This is
1: Tour CR 107.3.